You're listening to The One Room with a View Show. With Christopher Preston and Dan Orton. Hello and welcome to The One Room with a View Show with myself, Christopher Preston, and Peter Cushing's digital alter ego, Mr. Dan Alton. That bloke from Holby City. Yeah, yeah, that poor, poor fella. Guy Henry, Henry Guy Henry the actor is, as I said, the, the, the real most valued player of Rogue One. Guy Henry there, who is nowhere to be seen, sits in. And, and so many people in, in the press have sort of just been referring to him, as I, as I just hinted there, that he's just that guy of Holby City, or some soap actor. As if it's like an offensive like, thing, like, though, it's isn't it? It's like they just, yeah, they're just being really derogative and, and disparaging about this man, who presumably is just... Needed, probably the most selfless performance. And, and yeah. Yes, and he, one of the most selfless performances, bar, of course, the one at the, the cameo at the end as well. Right, so Dan, this is the first official kind of bumper new episode, yes. I suppose you would say. As promised in, in the previous episode, we're now doing these epi- we're now doing podcasts every couple of weeks. Yeah. So these are always going to be a kind of shorter version, stuff that we couldn't really cram into the main yes. show, isn't One it? room review extra. If it had come out in 2002 <laughs> and be presented by Fern Cotton or someone like that, maybe there's still time. There's still, <laughs> there's still time. There's still time. So this one we wanted to. I think we, we've we touched on a few on some of the, the issues we want to raise in this podcast, but this is going to be devoted to. It's a great debate, isn't it's, it? It's the great. It's, it's a great debate. Uh, sorry, elongated great debate because we have now a whole episode to devote to this. But as Chris alluded to at the beginning, there we're going to be talking about digitally. Well, well, what do you do when an actor dies? What do you do if they're still involved in the film? Yeah, it's, like, it's what, the kind what of is the, the ethical what are the, what are the fallout ethics behind digitally recreating a long dead actor, or as we're going to touch on, an actor who has recently passed away. What is the, what is the code there? What 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 is morally correct? Should we be mask? You know, putting Peter Cushing's face on another actor? Should we be bringing back a digital version of Carrie Fisher in any future Star Wars films? And the same goes for any you know. Any number of other, and what things. are the alternatives? Uh, to to what degree is the image of that actor synonymous with the character? Yes. So Star Wars is actually probably going to be the most pivotal part of this conversation. Yeah. And we we, we want to bring it up again because in at the time of recording and in this, so the recent the past week, there's been a lot of chatter about what to do since Carrie Fisher's unfortunate and you know untimely death at the end of 2016. May she rest in peace. What what do we do now? Because she had finished her filming for episode eight of and Star Wars. And from the information, it seems like she was supposed to play a key role in episode yeah. nine. And it just so happened, coincidentally, at the beginning of December 2016, we had Rogue One come out, and the big surprise, one of the big surprises was Peter Cushing was back, or at least his his digital his appearance. Visage his visage was back. back, played by in the flesh by that bloke from Holby City. That poor bloke from Holby City. A fan of the show, Guy Henry. He should be. The amount of bloody press we've given him (laughs) is more than anyone else. Yeah. Any other news out there. And they've said, so this past week, Lucasfilm has come out and said, no, we're not going to be digitally recreating Carrie Fisher in... Well, we have no plans to recreate her in any future instalments of Star Wars. And that's a kind of a rebuttal to BBC Newsnight came out with a story recently that in... I mean, it's kind of disgusting really isn't it that kind of that morally bankrupt that they were already in what they reported to be advanced negotiations yes, for the digital essentially hassling Carrie Fisher's estate so I guess by that they mean her brother her surviving siblings her family yeah saying look we want to use her face on a you know, or at least we want the the well, yeah. option of doing so um, 
So yeah, and we brought this up when we talked about Rogue One in December's podcast, and it is a fascinating issue. And I and I, I, I was speaking to you before we recorded. I found nothing. I had no problem with Peter Cushing's digital likeness being used, even before I found out that actually his estate, which is run well, by former his former secretary, secretary yeah. who he left everything to, was he not married himself? No, no, no uh, a committed bachelor. Okay. Uh, yeah, so everything was left to his secretary, and she. Was okay. She, they, they, uh, Lucasfilm and Disney got the okay from her. They got the sign off. They didn't, and they didn't have to either. There's no law in the UK that says a film a studio can't take the likeness of a dead actor and use their likeness on anything. You know, we've seen. I think we've seen Audrey Hepburn in that Galaxy advert. Gene Kelly was in the, um, the Volkswagen, the Volkswagen we spoke about advert in the in, previous podcast, yeah. didn't we? One where it's like, I've got a smile <laughs> yeah, on the, my the, the face. It's all about yeah. remixing. It's all about it? remixing. Yeah. yeah. So there's no law in the UK about not, not using it. But, but they there got is it. in California, there is in from California. what I understand, isn't there? There is and has been for a very long time. Because that came into public, the public conscious after Robin Williams' suicide because it came out that as part of his will and stipulations that he his image couldn't be used for 25 years after his death. Yes. So that, I think that's why mm. I, I, and I, there, there are, I think there are people are trying to get it that, that law, that, that particular amendment extended to 50 years even but we i mean this isn't the first time we've seen this happen but i mean i digress i had no problem with peter cushing doing it i do however have this uneasy feeling i feel a little queasy a little bit um, snagging isn't it snagging it makes me feel uncomfortable that there would be even a suggestion that carrie fisher might appear digitally i think it comes down film that comes out as soon as 2019 i think it comes down to to time and they say that that cliche don't they when when people pass away time heals all and obviously when peter cushing's image was used for Tarkin in rogue one 22 years had passed since his death in 94 94 yeah, yeah yeah and if we think about this time last month at time of recording Carrie Fisher was very much alive. No one knew she was going to pass away. As, as you said, she died at the age of 60 uh, due to complications of going into cardiac arrest, which came about quite suddenly. Mm. The idea that at this point we're, we're speaking about artificially bringing her back from the dead so, oh, less than a few so, weeks after she passed. It's disrespectful to even be talking about it the It does. I feel uncomfortable talking about the idea. Yeah. I think the comments that you made as well bring bring about the fact that this is an ethical debate of shades of grey, because I do feel like there is a world of difference between bringing back Peter Cushing's Moff Tarkin for the narrative value of Rogue One compared to the grave robbing that is bringing back Hepburn to flog a galaxy. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's... and that, Yeah, that is a... That's to- that we're totally different there. That 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 I grave mean, robbing, I think, is the right term. It's grave yeah. robbing, even more so than Volkswagen Gene Kelly remix, because there was at least a point. Audrey Hepburn, I don't know what that reference is. That always passes me by. Well, they're playing Moon River in the advert, aren't they? That's yeah, but what's that got to do with the Galaxy? I know she loved Galaxy. She loved Galaxy. <laughs> she loved Galaxy. <laughs> that girl. Yeah, that was what the breakfast at Tiffany's was. It was a lovely ripple. It was a, it was a, it was a bar of Galaxy chocolate. So, so what we're saying is, as is, we're such a sort of to, be, to kind of gather our thoughts to begin with, we we're, we're saying what there's a there's a sort of graph, if you will, a sort of element of is it necessary for the narrative of, of the story we're trying to tell, mm. and also time, time versus quality, <laughs> because the Star Wars is a, another excellent example because it's kind of like where where is the need for it? Because at the moment we've got these anthology films mm. and we're recasting Han Solo. Yes. We're recasting Lando. Well, they are definitely going to recast Boba Fett, the person who will end up 
underneath the Boba Fett mask if and when that film happens will be a recast. So earlier indications say it could be me. Okay, uh, fair enough. Playing, okay, yeah, yeah after you, well, I thought it was not Dumbledore as those advanced <laughs> negotiations have <laughs> gone through. No, that that, that pesky Jared Harris yeah. is. But they do have your the rights to your digital image, which is annoying at this stage. I know I shouldn't have signed that particular piece of paper. That, that that's why there there is a there is a lack of continuity there, isn't there? We're not we're not having to try and take the rights to Harrison Ford's Han Solo. And we're not going to be grafting those onto mm. young actors. We're just recasting new actors. So why, therefore, could we not... I could understand perhaps more so maybe with the Tarkin. I still think that we could have got away with a new... I think you could have probably got away with giving it to Guy Henry. But he's so much younger than Cushing we, we, was. We, we could have dyed his hair, and, his hair. You know, and, and done bits and pieces. I think that would have been more disrespectful. Let's try and make this man look a bit like Cushing. Yeah, I see what you mean. I think I mean, just... at least with at least when they recast Dumbledore, it was very much like we've recast this guy. He's gonna, you know, apart from the beard and the fact that he's elderly, Sir Michael Gambon brought an entirely different. True, you're uh, right. A, a, a iteration to Dumbledore, but he, said, he said himself, "I didn't want to just come in." And but perhaps in Harris. Rogue One, we could have done that. Perhaps Rogue One, we, you know, maybe Guy Henry or another actor could have brought something new to Tarkin. He could have done, but I would like to point out that we, uh, we had we were having dinner before we recorded this, and we were discussing one of the great interests of filmmaking is when situation necessitates, they filmmakers. Uh, People, studios, they innovate, they, they, they innovate and they invent entirely new technologies. Well, we were talking about, and we'll come to this because I suppose mild spoiler alert for later on, we are going to be doing Planet of the Apes at some point in this year. And um, we were talking about how, and I don't want to talk too much about this because we will talk about it in the podcast mm. then. But we were talking about how a whole new technology of CGI had to be rendered for the upcoming Planet of the Apes film in yes. order to create snow yeah. artificially. And it kind of ties in, I suppose, with this large yeah. conversation. You're right. I, I mean, so, so I think it's incredible. And I haven't managed to see yet a full uh, breakdown of what they did with Guy Henry. I mean, they have released they, the information for Yes, I yeah. I, I, haven't had, I, I should have, obviously, <laughs> sort of bad uh, bad research on my part. I should have done it before we recorded this. But, I mean, I've seen... I haven't done it either, Dan. Don't I've seen You're in good company. And, I've seen bits and pieces, and there are images and there are videos online now, which I've glanced over. And it looks very much similar to what, what Andy Serkis and the Imaginarium Studios have been doing for the past few years and, and indeed with most motion capture stuff it's him lots of dots on his face and cameras and they just paste Peter Cushing's likeness onto him at various points not it's, unlike Caesars I suppose no Andy's and it's incredibly well done and let's not forget that we this was being done in 2000 or the early this was being done in the late 90s when Oliver Reed died midway through Gladiator, filming Gladiator yeah. they had to you know his character doesn't die and they had a whole bunch of things that still needed shooting so there's a whole number of scenes in that film which aren't Oliver Reed. There are they are a body double with Oliver Reed's face painted Slapped on, on him. essentially, yeah. And that was, I mean, that was sort of emergency stuff. They didn't have 22 years to prepare. Mm. And then, it, of course, talking of that, Paul Walker in Fast and Furious yes. Seven, they did it yeah. more, it's exactly the same thing, but with a brother of his, I believe. And that, but that, that was mostly from behind, wasn't it? I think this is the first. It's a good time. effect as well, though. I actually thought the Fast and Furious yeah. Seven stuff. This feels like the first time where I think, and they've crossed that next boundary where it's like we're just literally going to have a man who has been dead for twenty-two years, effectively. And I, but this in you know quote marks, he's going to be on set walking around. You know, he's going to be a character in this film, and he is in it a lot. And we touched on this in December, where I said I feel like they they, they, got, they greedy. got greedy, and if you just cut it down a bit, it would have been fine. But, but you know, they're showing off, I think, what they can do, and it's incredible what they can do. Have you been surprised at the backlash? Because I have. I have as well. I don't. I honestly don't know. There's, I've seen lots of people saying that we, sh- we should be concerned about this. Like quite preachy, sort of sermonising. You know, sermonising, yeah. like, we should be concerned about this. This is, this is disgraceful. It's disrespectful. It's witchcraft. 
<laughs> Burn that guy from Holby City at the stake. <laughs> yeah, that bloke. That bloke, yeah. I think people have been preachy about it as well. And you know what, Dan? History, I think, is more on our side. Every time a new technology comes out, people are wary of it. Yes, but people don't like change. I was mostly... And people get spooked, I think. But, I mean, there, It's there uncanny. There, there was, is an uncanny valley. Yeah, the whole uncanny wonder. valley thing going on. But also, I mean, you can't... You, you, anyone watching, unless you didn't know who Peter Cushing was and his involvement with Star Wars and the fact he'd been dead for uh, two decades, most people going to see Rogue One will watch that and within seconds, not only will they know that it's a fake Peter Cushing because there's something a little bit not human about him, well, it's very effective, I think. It's the and that's only in some angles. And, uh, but also the fact that we know he's been dead for yeah. two decades. And I think that's I, the point, I, isn't it? I think that's why... I don't see any difference between watching that and watching a character created from a live actor's likeness for a video game. I think that was what a lot of the criticism seemed to be, is that people said that it was tantamount to watching the video uh, episodes of something like in L.A. Noir or Grand Theft Auto, which I think's unfair criticism. I still think for the majority of Peter Cushing's role in Rogue One, it's just very, very impressive. There are a couple of parts where you said that they got greedy, mm. and there is that undeniable extra textual information of Peter Cushing is dead, yes, and yeah. this is a new film. And similarly, and when I saw Rogue One, Carrie Fisher hadn't passed away, but I knew Carrie Fisher as she appeared in The Force Awakens or mm. on, a, on the press trail for The Princess Diarist, for example. So I knew that that was CGI. And there's that part of my mind, I think, that it's that breaking of the fourth wall, isn't it, in some ways? Yeah. Editing is, the, is Rogue One's CGI endeavour's worst part because they, in, the, in Peter Cushing's, or the vast majority of Peter Cushing's scene, or at least Guy Henry's scenes with Peter Cushing's face on, mm. is that they keep cutting between him and Krennic Ben Mendelssohn's Krennic far too often, and yes. it's almost daring you to find the the flaws in it because they're mm. kind of like this is a real face, CGI face, real face, yes. CGI face, yeah, yeah, real yeah. face, CGI face. And that's where things need to be perfected more. Yeah, but it's a damn good effort, and I don't see, I honestly don't see the problem if permission has been sought and granted, and who are we to then sit there and pontificate about he says ironically while we sit here pontificating <laughs> i mean i'm talking about those people who disagree with us who think it is a bad thing who are sitting there saying this is disrespectful and a shame you know shameful display of, of you know just, just spitting on people capitalism and all this kind of uh, business great but I, I just you know do you think it comes back to this idea dan and dare i say this in the current climate that we're in of people getting offended for being offended sake perhaps is this just Maybe. another one i think people are worried i mean there is certainly an argument to be said of where does it end? If we can do this with Peter, and and I think there's a, I think well, I'm less angry about this because there's a justification to do this. You know, Grand Moff Tarkin is a crucial character in that chapter of Star Wars. I don't think they could have done Rogue One without Grand Moff Tarkin in some fashion. Where's Grand so, Moff? Oh, he's catching up on Knife Player. Yeah, just oh, yeah. neighbours in the background. I'm just like his, you know, I'm just, I'm just on him with the phone. He's just yeah, he can't he's get just it right here. Now. Yeah, he's delayed traffic. <laughs> Really There's Vader traffic. as well. Vader's there with him, yeah. So, yeah, really bad traffic. <laughs> so that had to be done. So the narrative justification as a, as a, as a, um, it, for, the, for the sake of the story had to be done, which we mentioned earlier. If, for example, someone decided, oh, you know what, I, I'm doing this new horror film and I really want Peter Cushing and Boris Karloff to be in it, but obviously they can't be because they've been dead for over two decades. 
Oh, so kind of but, do like a new but, Hammer but, horror. But, but like, like, you know, but not even any character. If, you, if you're making a film, you go, all right, right. Well, who, who are the big names? Well, let's get Russell Crowe in. Let's get Scarlett Hansen. Oh, and um, let, let's, get, uh, let's get Richard Harris. Yeah. What? Well, we can't get Richard Harris. He's been dead. Yeah, but we can because we can just rebuild his face. Yeah. To play this, let's get the bloke who played Doctor Caligari in 1920 or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I really, yeah, I think that you know, I you know, I really want um, this part would have been perfect for Orson Welles. Yeah, well, he, yeah, but Orson Welles can't play it. Well, we can because so so you're saying is that perhaps the character has to live on rather than the actor. Yeah. Then. So I, I mean, because one thing that kind of strikes me about it, and we talk about the ethics, is that I feel sorry that the the dead can't defend themselves. So, for example, in that technology hasn't been quite perfected yet but there's part of me wonders if for example Cushing hadn't been good in Rogue One who do we level that at? Do we level that at that bloke from Holby City or do we do we throw that at the, the bloke yeah. who was in Dracula? <laughs> like who, who, who's accountable for those roles and I think that when you have a go at an actor because you don't find them believable or you don't feel like their craft has been perfected, then you have mm. a go at that person. Having a go and almost taking away from a legacy feels queasy as well yes. in some but regards. But I, I, I mean, I don't think anyone would have gone to that situation without being absolutely sure that Guy Henry could do a good impersonation of Peter Cushing. And I imagine... Does he do the voice? Did I think we ever there find out? I think, no, I haven't actually. That's the thing. And I, I'm, I'm speculating now because I haven't Podcast found, that one with the view, found out. But maybe there's a... I think there's a touch of um, clever sound editing, maybe combining... Cushing's layers, almost, layers yeah. of voice. I mean, you know, they did it in uh, Force Awakens where they managed to find that one scrap of Alec Guinness's dialogue where he says the word ray. Yeah. To, for ray gun, I think he said. I think it was like a ray gun and they took and it they out took of it, it yeah. and they made it sound like in that. And nice. they put McGregor's over it, didn't they? Yeah. You and McGregor actually came in for that. And did that, that, one, did that one word. So it's, it's, not un, it's not unusual. Guy Henry's done a good impression. The director's going, we know we've got the technology down pat. This is going to look really good. No one went... Let's just take a punt on whether we can recreate Peter Cushing. And, and it's see, not like watching a, John Coleshaw to come in and do it, or Alistair McGowan either, is it? Yeah, yeah. And, and that you're right. I think, I think to go back to an earlier point, perhaps that would have felt cheap. I, I do think it is kind of at odds with this anthology stuff. Is like, are we going to resurrect a few people, but recast others and things like that? Saying that, I suppose the fact that Han Solo is supposed to be noticeably younger, maybe that also works well. I don't know. Perhaps I don't know. I think it. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it will be. It will be fine. Yeah. And it's and I still think that it's. I think what you said, the innovation, the journey, the landmark of being able to do something like this is incredible. Yeah, if it gets, if it ever gets to the point where they are just resurrecting dead actors for the sake of, I think it, to, when it comes but to but that point they, that you they, said, like, oh, Orson Welles would be brilliant for this part. We'll just create him. That's when it starts to get a little. Yeah. But I mean, because Hollywood must be bloated enough. Imagine if you're the likes of like Emma Stone's Mia trying to get your your role, and not only not only but the dead are also taking roles from you. <laughs> there must be all of these waiters in Covent Garden looking at Audrey Hepburn, going, "I just don't believe this. I could shield Galaxy for for half the price of that." I suppose that's what it comes down to. It's just going to end up breeding all of these awful yes. Instagram children. Where, living off where their I suppose, I, suppose yeah, the, 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 I guess there is a there is a point in saying where does it end? If it stays like this, and we're just doing it in a, you know, I think a very, respe- I think a very respectful manner. Actually, I see no issue with it. I mean, they had hard enough time actually getting it right because famously Peter Cushing was never shot from the waist down in a New Hope because he didn't like wearing. Was the, it the, the shoes boots. or something? Yeah. So he spent the entire film in slippers. 
So George Lucas never shot him, for, so they couldn't. They they had a real struggle because like, well, we don't know any. We don't know how his legs move. So they had a real. You know, so it took them years to perfect. It's not like he's going to have ostrich legs or anything like that, though, is it? You're just wandering around like one of those guess who parts, but they've just floating. flicked along. Yeah, you know, who's flicking on? He's actually got like I don't know, stormtrooper little legs going or something like that, Goat or just legs. two wheels. <laughs> <laughs> like Davros, but I mean, in terms of the te- in terms of them getting the technology, being able to map out the body and everything, they they, they do they can do it when they've got shots of the entire body and seeing it. Like I mean, it, it took them nowadays. I guess they can do it a lot better, and they do, don't they? I think there's they um, for the Marvel films, for example, they do actually take three D photographs of all the actors' faces and bodies in case you know, God forbid. Really, I didn't know that. In Marvel, I think. Wow. Just you know, just, and, just but it, also, but also for the sake of stunt doubles, you know, stunt doubles, they don't have to worry about necessarily finding someone who looks a lot like Chris they just Evans, bung it on. or because they can just, you know, yeah, digitally attach the guy's, the actor's face to the stunt, stunt double. That's fascinating. Yeah, um, it, it, it's a, it's a it's an innovative technology, and I'm sure the next few years is it, it now Rogue One. I think you know Marvel were tickling it, weren't they? Where you've got the Robert yeah. Downey Jr. in Civil War, you've got Michael Douglas in Ant Man. They're tickling at it. Rogue One has bolted out now. Mm. And I think it's a good... The technology's here. And it's good. It's not like anyone... I don't, I don't think anyone watched Rogue One and thought, well, Jesus, I mean, not only have they brought back a dead man, but he looks shit. I think some people did, though. But, yeah, but I don't... I, mean, I think they're being disingenuous. I, I really do. do. I think it's that idea. But anyway, that's the great debate. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. That's our conclusion. <laughs> The great debate. <laughs> the outcome. Yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. There have been greater debates, I won't lie. Well, we've, um, done, we've done well. No, I mean, uh, anyone listening, let us know what you think. Are you, do you, th- you know, are you with us or do you think... Yeah, are you with us? We'll see how it goes. <laughs> or should we put a little full stop at the end of this <coughs> podcast <laughs> at no, onerooftheview.com? Or should be left to rest? Yeah, let us know at the email address. Uh, tweet us as well. Uh, I'm at Mr. Orton. And you are at... Peter Cushing. (laughs) Lives again. (laughs) I'm at the Press Tonight. The website, which I don't think we actually gave out in the last podcast, is at Numerical One Room With A View. You can like us on Facebook. We're at One Room With A View as well. So we'll see you next month for a larger episode and another one of these kind of perhaps uh, lighter episodes. We'll see The bite-sized episodes, yeah. Was it One Room With A View show extra when we'll be joined by Fern Britain? (laughs) 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 Britain, which will be hosted by Melvin O'Doom, I think. Yeah. (laughs) And Robin Cook, (laughs) or at least the digital likeness of him. Oh, my God. Say the line. Cheerio. Cheerio.